Hi, this is Father Don Planty, pastor of St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to the St. Charles Church Talks podcast. Hello, everyone. I just realized I forgot my mic in the back. Anyone here? My name is Greg. Uh, I'm a seminarian. I'm here to talk tonight about grace building on I believe, quite firmly, I'm coming to the point of saying that I know that you and I have a lot in common. We have human nature in common. Uh, we are here tonight, reverently in our Lord's presence. Uh, we probably know the DMV to a certain extent. And, and I think most of us have experienced public schools in some way within the past. 20 years with the mice. But do we have, I hope and pray we have in common grace, uh, the divine life in us? Two things I know related to that are that confessions are offered for the next 20 or so minutes, uh, and that about um, 15 years or so ago, I accepted a grace of vulnerability uh, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and it led me down a path which brought me here today. So, some more on the national level. I'm from right near the Dulles Airport in St. Veronica, in Chantilly. Uh, I'm a middle child. And I was raised in an extremely loving uh, family who even made sacrifices to send me and both of my siblings um, to Catholic school, Cape Verde, St. Joseph's, earned it. Um, and then I made a transition to a, uh, a grace-less period uh, where I went to a large public high school. I think that's what I did. Uh, but around the time of the confirmation, we did our preparation retreat at uh, St. Elizabeth and Stevens Shrine in Emmitsburg, Maryland, uh, which happens to be where my seminary is now, Pacific Road. Uh, but on that retreat, the existence and the power of the Holy Spirit was communicated to me uh, really clearly. Uh, one of the sisters, we were in one of the chapels, I think, one of the houses actually where. Elizabeth Nancy and her sisters lived and worked, and in one of them she died, um, able to look through the door of the tabernacle. Um, uh, but the sister said, We're going to spend some time in silence now, and the Holy Spirit, who has been waiting to speak with you for some time now, is going to speak. And I was fairly blown away at her confidence um, and almost um, intimidated uh, to the extent that, uh, that it seemed like God was responding to her. Um, and I didn't hear anything extremely distinct, um, but I, I felt, I sensed a movement which communicated 
introduced to me at least a couple of things. The one was that God is real, and I was real, real powerful. Uh, he was able to move within me entirely beyond my control. Um, so I ran. I was more Jonah-like in terms of my response to that. I actually, uh, in feeling the kind of normal social stresses of that time, and having had that experience, and leading up to the sacrament, I knew I wanted to receive the sacrament. Because by disposition, I'm non-confrontational, more on the introvert side, and uh, I just like everyone in the room to be happy. So I wasn't about to go to my parents and be like, oh, I don't want to receive communion to make all the extinct, and be the only one in the eighth grade class who didn't be confirmed. So I made a sort of uh, deal with the devil, and I said, okay, I'm going to receive the sacrament, but I'm not going to use these gifts. Long ellipses, yet. I mean, there was an implied, I mean, it was as slightly implied as anything could be. Um, but God heard it, I think. Uh, God planted it there in the first place. It was just the extent to which I was trying to squelch that. Um, that was, I lived in a period of a graceless time period. I, I uh, St. Joseph's was good, at least, about encouraging, especially around Christmas time, and maybe Easter, getting the whole family to go to confession. Uh, but once all those kids graduated out, we no longer had that reminder. And so by the time it, it came for me to pick a college, um, I had already witnessed a sibling uh, go off to college and stop going to mass and do things that are typically done. Uh, and then I also was extremely blessed in that I got to see my my parents' reaction when they learned about that. Uh, so I knew wherever I was going, I was going to be uh, going to Mass uh, at the very end. Uh, but I picked up almost very quickly uh, a bad habit, uh, and it's pretty commonly called an addiction now, too. Uh, and that sunk his teeth in me to such an extent to where I was trying to actively ignore God, uh, rejecting a very steady, childlike faith I had in him up to that point. Um, and I think part of that, uh, that, that habit is part of my reason for seeking out a uh, military guy for college, so I went up to West Point. Um, but that was only after some grace interventions, graceful moments. Uh, one was seeing, uh, one was seeing the reaction of my mother in particular. Uh, she learned that a sibling was no longer going to mass. And then another was uh, the moments leading up to my West Point interview. Uh, you get interviewed by a grad uh, as one of the steps in the very long application process. But I said, God, if you want me to go here, let me say whatever gets me in here. Uh, and it's extremely simple, the point of being laughable, but it was deep for me at the time. This was not a time of prayer in my life. Uh, and God worked with it. Uh, at the end of the interview, uh, the retired colonel says, I think you're going to get in and get in early. So that interview got me in because I did not have the numbers which would have led to that. 
decision. Uh, and so I continued running because I, I committed to go to somewhere else for school, for college, uh, but then that ended up falling through. So I, on the second opportunity, I did, in fact, do what I knew that I was being called to do. And so I went off to West Point. My habit actually got worse there, believe it or not. Um, to the extent that that is possible in that environment. Um, and so how, how I ended up being offered the grace of vulnerability in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, uh, that did happen. Uh, a lovely series of what the world would call coincidences. Uh, someone was slandering the Catholic Church, just saying something untrue, I don't remember the details. But I do know that I still saw myself as enough of a Catholic to speak up uh, and said, look, in my experience, that's just not true. Uh, I then, uh, another company mate overheard that and said, hey, we're having a Catholic retreat coming up. You should totally come. And I declined, probably about as quick as I could have ever declined anything. Uh, but that's the last thing I'm looking to do right now, actually. So I made plans to be out of town at a memorial run for the weekend that was taking place. And then God, being as generous and cheerful as He is, and as gentle as He can be with sensitive souls, uh, I rolled my ankle with a basketball uh, that week leading up to it. Essentially, said that I could broke a bone. So I was crunching around, and I knew I like knew. I don't know how long afterwards. Uh, but I knew I was like, this is a sign, like, you want me to go, or anyway, knowing no one, uh, feeling that I was awkward, just can't be. But I went to confession for the first time in several years by that point, and uh, I decided to try on what I saw as charity or generosity. So they had all my adoration in pairs, and to put out the sign-ups, I'm going to wait to see what's the last one. I'm going to share so I got like a two to three a.m. slot, of course. Um, but then another, really, another grace was that no one else, my partner didn't show up. So it was just me and the Lord in the middle of the night, and I knew he had arranged the whole thing, and patiently waited for me while I done all these things that offended him, his mother, and all the angels and saints. And um, he, he, he didn't waste any time. I mean, he, he offered me the grace of vulnerability, which I now know from the grace of seminary studies that basically means woundability, the ability to let yourself be wounded. Um, and I accepted it. I accepted it, and immediately, immediately he spoke, and again, I didn't hear anything audibly, but there was a distinct sentence this time, which was, You are so far from what I want you to be. <laughs> I mean, a tear, total water works. Um, and, but that, that was the moment, that was the, the fulcrum of my life at that point. I, I decided, I mean, the prayer response was something like, break me down into nothing and build me back up into whatever you want to be. Um, and that began my discernment process. Because uh, a lot of self-knowledge came in that moment, and the moments followed. Uh, I realized that I had to be compared with women at that point in my life, uh, related to the habit, probably, to where if 
they showed interest of uh, flirt and stuff, and then if they were you know reciprocated, they were shut down. That's too much commitment, responsibility, career failure, all this other stuff. Um, so US that was bad. And I gave the head of the counter club there at West Point uh, and helped lead the retreat in the spring in the following semester. Uh, God used that time for so much healing. Uh, there was a lot of grace. Um, he realized, he helped me realize that our nature is good. Inherently, the desires we have are good. Fallen human nature is wrong. We need saving. Each of us needs a savior, and our dispositions, our temperaments, uh, sometimes manifested in preferences, all of that, and all of the people around us and their dispositions and temperaments are all within God's providence. He can use them to heal us of whatever we might have stumbled into uh, corrupting our, our natures by sin. And from that time period, I've been trying to say yes to God. I was extremely uh, simple. I discovered a very simple spirituality in, in the same family, I think, St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, Therese of the Child of Jesus in the Holy Face. She basically says at each moment, offer up as much as you can to God in a little way. Do whatever you can with great love for God. Um, without looking towards difficulty or grandeur. Um, and there's been some verifications along the way. So obviously as a seminarian, that uh, Catholic club lady didn't, didn't work out. Um, but we actually ended up in any good terms as we can, and I'll we'll have to we can ask me about that afterwards. Uh, and, and then in seminary, uh, at least the way seminary is set up in our current culture, is most of them are sort of secluded, uh, uh, set away from society. Uh, a lot of time for introspection, uh, gaining self knowledge, self mastery. But I mean, if I had to sum up my seven-year experience so far, so I'm starting my fourth year of the six-year process, it's been a process of discovering false identities that I've tried to latch onto and cling to myself, and just letting God shine a light on those and then strip them away. Leaving behind the basic, the fundamental relation of I'm a beloved son of God. He is, he is my father. And he actually, through the years, through my own biological father, was introducing me to himself. And through many life experiences added on to that, and through some awesome father figures, was showing me that his love for me is, in fact, unconditional. Uh, unsituational, unsituationally based, 
regardless of how good or ill the people are feeling around him, uh, he is there. And he knows. And he cares. One of the most gracious moments in my life was in my first army summit in Korea, where I got to see a, a Protestant missionary, but it was a really good mentor of mine. Uh, who had been raised in an orphanage in Texas, and now is a full-time missionary in Korea, visit Korean orphanages and tell them, you know, I've been in places like this, and I want to tell you that God knows how you are, and he cares how you are. Um, the, the, the many Many graces of seminary. I wish everyone could go to seminary. I believe there's an equivalent sort of a religious formation. Um, that 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 knowledge of the depth of our relationship with God, how much grace He can pack into a human nature, um, how how deep He wants to lead us into Him. As we truly as God, I've been truly wonderful. One of the one of the turning points in seminary uh, within the past couple of years was uh, reading a book called Fire Within uh, by Father Thomas Dubay, which explores some of the Carmelite spirituality I mentioned that I read or uh, kind of Discovered St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, it basically fleshes that out in, in terms of its sources. And that, that was the biggest takeaway for me was how much God can do for a human soul, how much He can and desires to do for a, each one of us, uh, how deeply that divine life can be lived in each one of us in this life on earth, how, how great this life can be. And the connection between grace and nature clarifies over time with the advancement of uh, virtue and prayer. So those two go together. And actually that very connection kind of speaks to the nature of the connection of uh, grace and nature. So you pray more, you desire God more, then you are sent out and you desire to, for God to be more Clearly reflected in your life. You desire to live more virtuously, which through my seminary formation, I now know here that the root word of virtuous is just man. So, like, to be a better man, to be a better woman, to be a, more open to this grace movement in my life. Use the gifts of the Holy Spirit to let them predominate. So, like, there's the infused virtues, uh, the four cardinal ones, which we knew about before Christ, Aristotle. Uh, I love seminary for me. Aristotle discovered those and let us know about those. And those are given by God, those are great gifts. But there comes a point, and many of you may be hearing this, where the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to predominate. Uh, 
when people look at you and interact with you, they, the first thing they want to notice is your nature. Like, oh, that's like, a, you know, a good-natured person, or like that's a fairly happy person, or a fairly peaceful person, whatever it might be that your strengths are. There could come a point where they're like, that's a like, God-fearing person, or that's a that's a man of God right there. That was a term for. Of the chosen souls God has raised up over the years. And our, our sins, the, the evil one, they'll try to discourage. Uh, living a life in the gifts of the Holy Spirit eventually leads to Jerusalem to the ultimate gift of self, giving yourself back to God regardless of the cost of the church over the day. Of the nails land where they make. But regardless of those sins, whether we make one of the best homilies I've ever heard in my life uh, was from an army chaplain uh, talking about how many of us have convinced ourselves in some way or another that we are deserving of God's mercy, of the divine mercy. We might think we have the, the small sins which God doesn't really notice or care about. You know, that divine mercy, that sacrifice that gives to himself that he offers us, that's not, not me. Some of us, we got great sins. We got habits of addictions, or we're just discouraged to having to confess the same thing over and over again. No, I think divine mercy is not for me. Like, those other people think, you know, go to church or invite friends or do services. Uh, but that's that's beyond me. I'm, I'm out of this picture. And then there's a lot of us too. Uh, I suspect some here tonight who think I'm so I'm not. I, I mean I'm in the middle. Like God came for those like terrible sinners and God goes, and He came for those hell off those Pharisees who like convinced their unrighteousness. That that's who He came for. Whereas like those who of us who consistently feel mediocre or uh, feel like they're consistently being asked of more than we can give, and we're just consistently falling short. God's mercy is for, for you too. He wants He wants your best. It's what He gave. Keep giving it back to Him. Keep appro- approaching the throne of mercy. Keep going to confession. Keep approaching the sacraments as reverently as you can, with a growing confidence and growing trust of God. Because he made you well. He let you fall. And he lets us, to some extent, he lets us sin. But only so that he can bring a greater good out of it. If I could leave with, uh, leave you in the final note just from my own experience. Concerning the priesthood, I got a, I was given great grace, little confirmation. Um, in that time, where I was making the final decision of whether or not to enter, firstly, a priest asked me to go on the discernment retreat, um, which is helpful because the ultimate image of Christ on earth is like the spiritual father, the, uh, the priest. 
And then on that retreat, which was held in the seminary, I heard, you are where you are supposed to be. So I was, that gave me a little chance to interpret that, which, I was like, well, where am I? I'm in the seminary. Okay, well, I'm just at least as far as seminary. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to and hoping and praying that your prayers and support to that I, I can run this race to the extent to continue to say yes to God to that, to that day where you can say you, you are what you are supposed to be after that ontological change that you do my being and my human nature. Responding to God's grace. You to let build on your nature. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful process. No, that's an always feel good. But you probably get proud of it. And it's always connected to the other. Thanks for joining us today, and please remember to subscribe. And if you enjoyed our show, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. May God bless you.